So I had a lot of trouble um, uploading day five, so much so that I couldn't even do day six. And this is coming to the end of day seven. So I'm going to call this day six and seven. And if I don't get to upload it, then I'll call it six, seven, and eight. Maybe. Or maybe just six and seven. And the next one will be eight and nine. I'm not sure. <clears throat> the internet is so spotty because uh, a large influx of people came and they're downloading and watching YouTube and stuff. So, internet's really tricky. But uh, it finally, after 30 something hours of 40 minute recording, finally got published, so day six was pretty good, uh, I want to pick up where I left off, is worrying about what my job will be, <laughs> well, I went to work <clears throat> real early, no wait, was it real early, no, <clears throat> I got there at eight o'clock, I, I was supposed to be there at five, but I didn't know that didn't matter. Nobody gave a shit. I filled out a little bit of paperwork. And um, and they're very interested in putting me in the warehouse. Um, CDL driver. Hopefully. If not, then maybe a, a warehouse driver. And if not that, I'll do anything else. Um, housekeeping, most likely. And I spent the day in the warehouse and just getting to know, like, the idea and whatever of what I'll be doing. And the idea is I'll be going from one part of the park to another to another. And on another day, I'll be um, preparing the trailer to do that again possibly, but it seems like that'll be a once a week thing, it'll be four days, ten hours a day, it's likely that the other two days I'll be going around and picking up um, trailers with recycling in it, and then taking those like four hours away, like beyond Bozeman to a recycling center, after I'm weighed and whatnot. Things like that. Really just regular idea kind of stuff. But those are CDL ideas. Um, Non-CDL idea would be uh, um, loading trailers and using box trucks to do small drop-off tasks. But mainly being a warehouse guy loading trailers for the CDL guys. And if not that, um, I was talking about housekeeping and they, they want me to try the warehouse gig first. So I won't be going, I won't be meeting anybody in housekeeping yet. Probably later on in the season or maybe in the month or whatever. Or maybe not at all. Or just passing by 
Oh, you're in housekeeping? Hi. So that kind of stuff. And I went to dinner and at and I'm not gonna talk about what all I ate. The food's the food's just fine. At dinner, uh there was a guy from IT, about sixty five, uh, saying that he'd like to shoot around because um a few other people were talking about how I was playing basketball. And, you know, those are the people, like, in my dorm. And we were all in there at the same time. And we were just talking about, like, one of the guys said something about basketball. And so the IT guy who's in a whole other dorm looked at me and was like, hey, I'll shoot around or whatever. I said, all right, um, how about after dinner sometime? Or, or did I say that yesterday? I don't know, but, or the day before yesterday. But anyway... Last night, after dinner, I went to my dorm, changed clothes, and went to the gym. And he was on his way. So he was doing the same. And he walks in there, and uh, he's like, you know, take it easy on me and stuff. I'm like, yeah, all right, man. And we're about to play horse. And there's somebody on the exercise bike. And there's somebody all the way down at the other end playing piano on the stage. And if you shoot basketball toward where he's playing piano, if you airball it, it'll go up and hit him. So instead, we stayed at the other end, and we'd rather hit the girl on the bike rather than the piano player, because we'd rather hear the piano than care about her exercise. No offense. And uh, on the other side was somebody by the library section, like, putting together a thousand-piece puzzle or something, sitting in one of those beanbag... Or no, he was standing. And on the other side of the gym was about four or five people lifting weights and just generally working out. Because they got, they got bikes over there, too. There was a few bikes being used. There's even one on the basketball court that somebody was using. And uh, we both, I took off my sweater and put my uh, brand new Yellowstone uh, drink container, metal aluminum container down. And he put his um, sweater down and he looked all right. Like he, he had a little bit of a stomach, but he looked all right. Like you can tell that he either used to work out or still kind of does. He wasn't, like, gone, you know? Because when you're 65, you can be real out of shape. Well, he wasn't real out of shape. And uh, I'm holding two basketballs, and I hold them both toward him and let him pick, and he picks the better one. So I'm going to let him have it, right? And um, so we're just shooting around, warming up. And then we go to play horse. And he whoops my ass. He's, and we're about equal in the skill, I would say. But I have, I, I'm 20 years younger, so I shouldn't have an issue in winning. Well, he whooped my ass. It's like I had all the letters and he had maybe like H-O-R. Or maybe even H-O-R-S. Because I had an early lead. And uh, 
we're just shooting around and I'm expected to play another game of horse or jackass. We used to play jackass at home. The horse or the donkey, you know. And uh, and whoever loses is the jackass. So we wouldn't even play horse much. We'd actually get the two extra letters and call somebody a fucking donkey. Um, he says that he would like to actually play like up to five, one-on-one, but to keep our distance, like six feet. So we're going to pretend to cover each other. We're going to pretend to block each other. We're going to, you know, okay, I'm fine with that. That's great. I'll, sh- I'll shoot outside anyway. I like to do like fadeaways and turnarounds and just shoot from three or whatever. And that's what I think is going to happen. Well, he doesn't play strong defense, so I know that I'm just shooting outside. I'm good. He gets the ball and decides that he wants to body me. He's bringing it to the hole, and he's putting his back to me and backing in. Now, I don't know how the hell you're going to maintain six feet. He's just trying to get a close, easy shot, and knowing that that because we need to be separated, that he's just going to get an easy, close shot. Well, I, I decide to do that back because I let him get it, right? And I decide to do that back. Well, no, he's not giving me the distance. He's bodying me up. He's he's playing me like he's Dennis Rodman or something. So I back away and I'm like, all right, I'm going to let him go in. I might try and block him. And I'm just going to keep shooting outside. So he beats me. Naturally, he beats me like five to two or something. And I'm like, man, when you walked into this gym, you said, take it easy on me. And you're whooping my ass. That's two games you beat me. And um, the piano player was uh, playing like real, something real nice and soft, man, beautiful. And even though the basketballs are making noise over it, you can still catch it all. And it's real nice. And all the people working out are into both things, the noise of the basketball game and the piano really really nice and then you hear and he starts playing Benny and the Jets on the piano and and the 65 year old guy the IT guy he's like he's mentally singing the damn song to it it's really good right and it sounded so nice but he this the piano player would miss a key here and there. But it was nice. And um and he played all kinds of other things too that I some I knew, some I didn't. Well actually I don't think I knew very many. Well I I never mind. And I'm like, you know, we're taking a break and And getting along very well. And I go, let's play jackass. And he goes, what's that? And I go, it's just like horse, but you have to stay on the perimeter. Meaning, I don't want him to play the whole game trying to body his way down just to win, you know. So if we're staying on the perimeter, we have to, the winner has to be the shooter. Whoever's shooting better. And he beat me again. Bad. I think he had J.A. 
and wiped me out all seven letters. I was shooting like shit. I even airballed one right at the girl on the exercise bike. And then about three minutes later, she decided to leave. So that was that. But um, The other girl who got on that same bike after her uh, didn't even give a shit. That was cool. One, one even went by her head. She didn't even give a shit. I was thinking like, man, it would be nice to continue that whole scenario because when you're playing basketball or when you're doing something like working out, you get these moments where you have like a rush, uh, a high, adrenaline high. I don't know what kind of high, but it's just an exercise rush. Well, there was a moment where I held the ball at my waist pretty much stopped the game we're, we're both like looking at each other and he's ready to like guard me or I'm ready to like dribble or whatever and I just stopped the game and the piano's playing real nice and that adrenaline rush came over me and everything seemed so surreal like I was on heroin or something and I said man this is really nice ain't it and he shook his head up and down and was like this is very nice yeah it was just amazing moment. Um, I'd like to repeat those kind of moments and it comes with exercise, you know, and hopefully another time where that guy feels like he wants to play piano, like it would be great if that whole scenario began again. I would totally like love that. And, um, and then I went to work the next day at the time I was supposed to, I got up at three forty five in the morning which no that was today yeah I got up at 345 in the morning and all the cars had a whole bunch of ice on them well not ice but um uh frozen dew and man here's the here's the thing though when I woke up my, my bottom dropped out so yeah I think it's this food. So I rushed down there and man, I'm it's loud too. Man, I had to deal with that. It it's so um um embarrassing, you know. I know that I'm alone in the bathroom at that time, but it was so embarrassing. I'm embarrassing myself, you know. And I um then I, I came back up here and got dressed and it was like four four ten or something. Yeah. And I I rushed down there and I started the car to get it warmed up and stuff because last night the guy that I uh work with that lives in this dorm, um I think he's like 60, he might be 65 also, from Virginia. He uh, he said, you want to carpool? And I said, okay, well, I'm taking it upon myself to carpool us the first week. And I told him that um, as we ended our shift today, I said, hey, let's do it by by the week. So next week, 
um, he'll be driving me to Gardner and back. Um, he did a, oh, oh, and yesterday when I got off work for my first day, I went and did a urinalysis so they can drug test me. And, and the guy I work with, he, he did a drug screen, but he also did a DOT physical, which is strange because he's not a CDL driver. He's, he's a warehouse guy, but he'll be driving the box trucks every now and then. So I guess they wanted to do a DOT physical on him. I don't know the exact reasoning, but so anyway, he comes out. I couldn't believe this. Okay. In all, in all the DOT physicals I've ever taken, it was usually a bit difficult, uh, a bit strenuous and a bit too invasive ball grabbing finger, fucking the asshole, things like that. Right. He comes, I couldn't believe this. He goes in for his DOT physical. And before I even leave out of there from the urinalysis, he comes out and he goes, all done. And I say, what the hell? Did they make you lift 60 pounds, then 50 pounds and 40 pounds, and then uh, hold weights as you duck walked across the room and crap, all the shit I had to go through? He's like, nope. And it was easy peasy. And he got a two-year. Now, look, once you're like 62 or whatever, I don't know how old you are, they won't give you two-year DOT physicals anymore. They won't give you no more two years. This this guy got a two-year. So I know, and his, his blood pressure, I think, was high. And mine runs high. So I realized, oh, my God. I have to get a DOT physical within the next month and I might have found the most perfect, heavenly, easy, two-year physical ever. I can't help it. I got so giddy. I was so happy. Um, I know that when I'm 65, if I make it to 65, that there will be no place on this planet that will give me an easy physical so I'm taking full advantage of this. I'm going to go and get this physical before May. And I got to stop uh, eating any sugar or salt or anything so that my blood pressure doesn't fuck me. Because it can fuck me. Because I get nervous and and all that shit. So uh, Where was I? So that was last night. And in the morning, I carpooled. I drove, uh, I drove over there. Um, work today. Okay. Uh, okay. We are there and, oh, we have a couple things to do. I have to hook up the big rig to the trailer and take it over to HR and Gardner. And and the guy that's going to train me, he asked my boss, he said, um, so um, he can drive the trucks, right? And my boss was like, no, no. Until they get some kind of word or something, I can't drive. 
all I can drive is like the box truck. And, um, and that's just like taking, taking the guy I work with and me up to like lunch or something, or maybe dropping off like a thing or two in Mammoth or whatever. But I can't drive the big trucks because I don't know what, I think the drug test has to come back and my background check has to come back and stuff like that. work history and my driver's license uh, information and my past accidents and incidents and past tickets and you know um, I I think everything will be alright if there's something they don't like I guess I can talk to them about it I mean I worked multiple jobs and I had a little little issue but it it shouldn't affect anything no I, I have no criminal history or nothing and um the idea was to take a whole bunch of pallets of masks and take them over to a place where we can just put the mask but first we had to where we okay where we were going to put all these pallets of masks there was already a bunch of pallets there and it was over somewhere else so first we had to take an empty trailer over there and and get all those pallets of clothes into the trailer cuz those clothes are going to go to the thrift store in Bozeman and it's a whole bunch of clothes that are like left over from tourists from the year before and and a whole bunch of like sheets that they don't want no more and a whole bunch of like uniforms that don't wash clean anymore don't like look good and they're what they're going to do is go to bozeman and they're going to be picked through and then everything else is i i guess this is what they said after they get done picking through what they want to sell everything else which is a lot there's tons of of material is going to go to China and get remade into different clothes or sheets or whatever and then sent back. And they're going to donate it all to a thrift store, probably Salvation Army or something, in Bozeman. And then all that will happen on, on the Salvation Army end or whatever. And depending on the weight of the material is the tax credit they'll get or something. And some of these, I mean, one of these bins had a lot of nice winter hats and clothing and shit in there that they could easily resell. So it would have been nice if I could have picked through them, but I mean, I'm not that fucking needy. And I don't want to appear that fucking needy. I just wanted to see if there was like a sweet one hat that I could grab but oh well um i mean i'll probably be taking them to bozeman anyway maybe i could take a quick look i don't know but anyway uh so i get in the truck i get in the big truck and so does the guy that's going to train me and he's like hey this is the truck that you're going to use 90 percent of the time and it's their worst truck 
but it's a truck I'm used to. It's a Columbia Freightliner 10-speed. I'm very used to that. It's And it's actually nicer than of the previous one I had. So, okay. But uh, their trucks are real nice. They're automatics. They're fucking real nice. And they're brand new. It'd be real fucking nice if I could have one of them. You know. But I'm not going to have one of them. I, I think on Saturdays I'll be using one of them. But, you know, that's if I... If everything goes smooth or whatever, but I am in the truck with them and there's all these chains on the floor and I know, oh my God, uh, there's going to be some of these days where I'm going to have to put tire chains on the damn tires. I'm not familiar with that. I One time I did it with my trainer about 15 years ago in California. 15, about 16 years ago in California. And I don't even remember exactly the way we did it. So I need I need chain work training. And we hook to one of the trailers and then it's an empty trailer and then he docks it and he docked it perfect exactly like I would. And the trailer's pretty small, like 40 one of them's 48 feet, but the rest are like 36. And that's really small. I mean, I was worried about these roads, but looking at those trailers, I, the, I mean, the 48 will still be a kind of a bitch, but the tandems are all the way up. So it's more like a 42. But the tail swing could be an issue. But anyway, uh, the 36 is, look, I mean... I don't even think I'll feel like I'm driving a big truck out here with a 36. But the problem is it's hard to back small trailers. So I'd have to get used to that. And after after he docks it, we go inside the warehouse and we start loading all the masks. Me, the guy I work with that lives here, and the trainer. We got three hand jacks that are electric, electric pilot jacks. And we load that thing in like five minutes. Probably like 15, 16 pellets. And we go to the other side and we start unloading them. Wait, no, no. no. First, first we took an empty trailer to the other side and got all those clothes in there. Then we parked that. And then got under another trailer. And then loaded that. And then went to where the, we got the clothes from. And started unloading all the masks there. And I got on this ancient tow motor. But it's a long boy. It's probably like 10 feet long. 10 feet by like 4 feet wide. And it's really long, like the ass end of this thing is like way too long for a tow motor. I'm sure anyone who's ever seen tow motors, they probably know the one I'm thinking of. And it was old, probably 1990 or something. And it was difficult, but I knew all the controls. And after like a couple minutes, I started doing pretty good with it. And the guy that I work with, the 65-year-old guy, he's like, 
well, you know, I worked at Pepsi and uh, for years I trained people on how to drive tow motors and stuff. And um, are you ready to come off of it? Because I'm ready to get on it. And I go, yeah, yeah, just one more. And I do one more. And he's like, how long have you been driving tow motor? I said, I for three months, about about 2008 or something. And he goes, oh, you're really good for three months. You're better than some guys that for years I was driving. But I only did like six or seven pilots and I did them real quick. And I wasn't feeling too good about it. I felt real nervous the whole time. So if he said I did pretty good, then... But I know that if I practice a little more, I'll be just fine. It's just hard to see sometimes in the tilt. I had my tilt up a little bit when going in. And if I was like doing that with Pepsi, I would have busted some cans, I'm sure. So he was being nice. And he finished uh, uh, loading it up. And that was pretty much the day. I mean, we went back and we just sat around talking and um, basically showing me a map of the place and and um, how the how the manifests work, how they order, and the way that we get the stuff. And also they complain a lot because this year they're doing a new kind of system. It's different from last year and the previous years. And the system makes it so that it's a little, it's difficult because however many stuff they order isn't the same as what comes in the cartons. Like, for example, if somebody wants 60 pins and they think, oh, because 60 is in a box. If 100 in a box, then they can't change the order like they used to be able to and either give them 100 and change the order to give them 40 more. Now they can't change the order and they have to actually give them 60. And so they're like, but a hundred come in a carton. Then they want to call them and tell them, look, you got to order 40 more because a hundred comes in a carton. But they're not, they're deciding not to do that. I don't know, maybe they will because they're kind of complaining about it. I think they will tell them to order more or order how many's in a carton. Also the same with pillows. Like um, there's 12 in a case and somebody... I think Old Faithful Inn or something ordered 30. Well, 30 pillows, that means you'd have to give them two and a half cases. But if you open one of the cases, you can't get them back in because pillows expand immediately, you know? Once you open them, they're fucking open. So they can't just open it and then give them six pillows because... How are they going to pack those? Are they going to do it in a plastic bag? And then what are they going to do with the other six? They're just going to get dirty and be unusable pretty much. So they got to call them and tell them order six more or order six less. But they can't go in the system and change it like they used to. So that's what they're kind of pissed off about is that now they have to make these extra calls and telling people what to do on their end instead of just easily changing it and they don't like it but I don't think it's a big deal I mean if that's if that's one of their big problems and you know but right now nothing's really going on so 
the 10 hours I spend over there, about seven of them is sitting around under a heater. And it's interesting because it's not just some old dinky warehouse. It's not some metal box. This place is a historic relic warehouse. This place is a protected building. You can't move a piece of wood in there. You can't take a piece of wood out of a certain area without contacting the federal whatever. Because this place is like, a, I forget what the word is for it, but it's a historic, it's a historic building. And it is. As soon as you walk in, you can smell the old wood. And it's, it's so many things in there is from like the 80s and 70s and some from the 90s and a lot of Yellowstone memorabilia and everything. It's just really fucking nice. The place is beautiful. Uh, even the way it's built is beautiful. And when you walk on the floor, you can hear the creaks. It's got that old wood from 1920 or something. And there's areas where you could see that they repaired the wood and things. And, and then there's the basement. It's just a beautiful place that I'm... I'm happy to uh I'm happy to be working here. I think I got lucky because um, somebody was telling me how uh they were trying for three years and finally got hired to come here and I mean, I don't know what they did the first couple years because I didn't have a too hard of a time when I, you know, I, I needed to be here. I wanted to be here and I expressed myself in that way and I'm here. I don't know if he was trying to negotiate and it didn't work out or I don't know what his deal was or if they already had a bunch of people doing the job he does. Not many, you know, CDL drivers or warehouse workers necessarily want to come here because the pay isn't anywhere near what you could make in those two positions. So it probably is harder to get. I mean, you can get housekeeping all day. A whole bunch of people come and do housekeeping. So when, you know, with my CDL, it, it's just a no-brainer to try to get me doing that in, or the warehouse situation. And I'm totally all for that. I'm, I'm not a housekeeping person. I'd have to be trained on that. And I know that it's not a big deal to train on that. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing, but um, that's just not something I I do. Or I'm, I don't even know if I'm comfortable doing that. But I'm definitely comfortable getting in and out of a truck and being around trailers and looking at them and inspecting them and all that. Yada yada. And okay, so um, in the middle of the day, I grab the key to the box truck and I take uh, I take the guy that works with me back up here to eat, and we get up here, and we go into the uh, EDR, the employee dining room. We get in there and I go, hey man, um. Right after we grab our food and shit, I'm going to go hit the door and grab my jacket. And he's like, all right, cool. And 
we get our food and we sit down and and they okay it was a meatball sub they made meatball subs for us along with uh, spaghetti and marinara and and um what else was it was that yeah meatball sub spaghetti marinara and I don't know what else okay because that's all I'm gonna talk about anyway this meatball sub was a joke man the bread was hard the meatballs were weak the sauce was the sauce was good and but here's the thing though and why this is memorable the first bite I took I was I mean I was ready to eat man I was hungry we didn't have no breakfast because we had to go so early and we're not coming back for breakfast so um the first bite I took of this meatball sub my stomach moved and my ass was full just like that I didn't even get to like enjoy the food before I had to shit I don't know why that happened to me I know it's age. I'm 42 now. It's got to be that. Just thinking about food, my ass starts rumbling or something. And I took one bite of this meatball sub, and I felt like I immediately had to, you know, deuce. And I looked to my left, and he's he's got, a, I guess, a softer breaded meatball sub. He's a happy guy, right? And I feel like I'm in, a, in an emergency with my food right there with the bath, the closest bathroom, uh, well out of range, probably like three to five minutes of, of jogging. And I sat there for a second. I go, man, now this is a nightmare. You know, everything could be just fine. And then everything could be a nightmare just like that. And, it, and then my ass subsided because thankfully it was mostly air. And I didn't know that though. And it subsided. And I was like, okay, fuck this. And I ate everything right away. And then, like, I ate the meatball sub right away. Whatever else I had, I ate right away. And then I got to the noodles. Now, you would think, why didn't I just go ahead while I had a chance to go use the bathroom? But I didn't eat breakfast. And if I roll out to the bathroom now, I might as well throw this shit away. So I'm eating this. I'm eating this if I shit myself. I'll, I'll just change my underwear or something. And, and I go to mess with the noodles. And I thought the sauce was the same as the marinara that was on the... But it wasn't. It was spicy. It was fucking hot. And I, I had to hurry up and eat it. And, man, my mouth was burning. And I got up real fast. And I I got rid of the tray and I washed my table down real fast and I headed out without even saying anything. And I rushed over to the dorm as fast as I could. And I took care of, you know, my business. I don't know why I, got, I wanted to explain that or say that. Because that was a big moment for me in the day. That was That was my day. When I think about today, I think about that moment. That was the worst moment I had. Not for two reasons. One, because of my situation. But two, because that was the worst meal I had in the EDR. After all that was over with and we were driving back, we were talking about the cost. 
And we come to conclude that each, each meal is about two bucks. So if we're missing breakfast, we're just losing two bucks or whatever. And we can go back up and, and eat all we want. Like if I'm really hungry, I can go back up and get more and get more and get more. There's there's no limit to except for the time. Like like dinner's four thirty to six thirty. If I get there at four thirty and I want to eat until six thirty, I can. I could just keep going up and eating and eating. I haven't done any of that yet, but on on a good day I will. Like on a day when they got brownies or something. It's yeah, I think so. I love the brownie I had the one day. And uh but uh we come to conclude that it was just like two bucks a meal. Because three meals a day times thirty days is 90 meals and I think we pay about 180 something and then and then we pay like 220 or whatever for housing for the month yeah cause for, the, for a month we pay like 400 and something for housing and food and the food is the lesser of the two I believe so it'd be like two bucks a meal. Well, I don't know about you, but imagine you eat three meals a day. You go for breakfast somewhere, you go for lunch somewhere, you go for dinner somewhere, and you're satisfied in all three places. That's going to run you about 30 to 40 bucks. But here it's running out six bucks. Not only that, but we can walk in, get our meal and walk out or we can choose to dine. We don't have to tip nobody. We can go up as many times as we want. You know, I've brought apples back to my dorm almost every time, but today I didn't. Um, it, I think it's a super deal. Um, housing is going to cost like 220 a month. I don't know anywhere in this world you can live for 220 a month. And you know, even even your lowest paying job here covers that and your meager expenses unless you're trying to pay rent somewhere else while you're here. So it all really works out. And I was telling him about that. And he was like, I don't know. That meatballs up was shit. And I was like, yeah, I know it was. See, yours was as bad as mine. I knew it. You look like you were all loving it over there. It was all your soft bread. And the meatball was so delectable and stuff. But, um, yeah, it wasn't. And the EDR does their meals every 20 days. So 20 days from now, I can expect another meatballs up. And I think I'm going to get whatever the other thing was. Some, it was something I wouldn't need, though. I was looking at it, too. It was something I wouldn't need. I think it was like rice. It might have been rice on top of mushroom again. Or, or something fucking like that. Where you just can't help but pick the meatballs up. Even if you're just going to fork the meatballs, you know. It's 7.30. I gotta be at work at 5. 
My alarm's set for 3.45, so I can get up and get ready. It hurts to get up that early. But I only work four days a week. I got three days off in a row every single week. Also, um, I only have to pay the amount of $2 per meal based on the amount of hours I work per week. So actually, because I, because the first week I was here, technically I think that would be a week from the 1st to the 6th. No hours. From the 6th to the 13th is going to be 36 hours. So because of that, I'll actually be paying less than $2 a meal because the food, the, f- the, f- the amount of money you pay for food, that one eighty a month is dependent upon you working 160 hours a month. If you work, say, 90 hours that month, it's, you're actually going to pay like only 100 bucks in food. So that's cool even though you ate every day. Somehow they have it set up so that your meal plan that you pay for is based on the hours that you work. So if you don't work very many hours, you're not paying hardly anything to eat. That's great. I don't know who came up with that, but that's great. That person should be uh, uh, a vice president or something. I'm going to get up early and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm glad I called up. I don't know if I'll be able to download this considering what I dealt with with the other one. Wish me luck.